Let's get in. I'm, I'm going to kind of take a different perspective from what y'all might be thinking this is going to be about this morning. Because when I watch this clip, obviously the message that the Grinch is saying is about Christmas being more than presents and all that stuff. But I want to look at the Grinch. And before I do that, I just want to get full disclosure here. Okay? I'm just going to be honest with y'all. This movie gives me the creeps. All right? Anybody else besides me get a little? Okay, there's a few of us. Thank you, Jesus, for some honest people in here. I don't like this movie because, you know, something about a tall man dressed in green with furry long fingers that can like jump 10 feet down a mountain at a time just gives me the heebie-jeebies. And I know that might not instill a lot of confidence in y'all as my now senior pastor, like this is my first confession, but it does. Every time we, Jesse loves it and the girls love it. When it's on, I always like try and find something else to do because I don't want to look like the, you know, the head of the family being scared by the Grinch. But it's just the truth, okay? So I want to just get that out there right off the bat. Um, the Grinch gives me the creeps, okay? Um, but I do want to look at it from, from the Grinch's perspective. And what is going on with the Grinch here? How did he get to this place? And when I watch this, what I see is someone who is alone and miserable and who has separated himself from everybody else. And you know, here we are in Christmas and I feel like there's a lot of times where we are, can relate to the Grinch. Where we are alone, I should, let me say that again. Where we feel alone and that makes us miserable. And so we put everybody else at a distance. And I want to talk about loneliness this morning. And I want to talk about the root of loneliness and where loneliness really comes from. Because we need to understand that in order to be able to walk through it. Okay? And when I think about the Grinch and he is alone and he is miserable, right? And he is far removed from everyone else. The person that I think that relates most to that is actually Satan himself. Okay? Satan is alone. And he is miserable. And you see, what, what, what are you talking about, James? Satan is, is the lord of the underworld, right? He's got all these legions of demons around him. He's not alone. Yes, he is. Because to me, the true definition of loneliness is being completely cut off from God. And I, I, listen, I, I don't want to get too dark right off the bat here, especially with Christmas movie like The Grinch and ruin it for y'all. But I really believe that hell is, is hell not because of fires and torture, all that stuff. I believe the torture is our com the complete separation from God. And that creates a feeling of loneliness that we can't not fathom. And the devil has that. And what he wants to do by feeling this loneliness and feeling this misery is to have us join in him with that because misery loves company, right? And I believe when the devil looks at us and he sees that we still have access to the Father and we can engage in things like worship and scripture and prayer and just discussion over dinner or whatever it might be and, and God is on our lips and we can meet with him in the morning or in our car or in church or wherever it might be throughout our day. I think the devil hates that. And he wants us to be alone just like him. And the title of this movie is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but I'm going to change the title of our sermon today is How the Grinch Tried to Steal Christmas, right? Because the devil tries to create loneliness and steal our, quote, Christmas, whatever that might be, not just in the month of December, but all 12 months of the year. He is trying to steal from us 
our access and our ability and our understanding and our desire to meet with the Father. And in that creates loneliness. And so what do we do when we're lonely? We do a lot like the Grinch. We climb up to a mountain all by ourselves and we separate ourselves from everybody else around us. When we feel lonely, we feel rejected, we feel defeated, we feel helpless, we feel like the entire world is having this big old party and we're the only ones not invited. Everything that is happening in my life only happens to me and everybody else is hunky-dory. I have the worst health, I have the worst marriage, I have the worst children, I have the worst job, whatever it might be, it's all, everything is around me. And everybody else in the world is great, and so we do. We feel rejected by others, we feel rejected by our spouse, we feel rejected by God and our friends, we feel defeated. And so all while doing that, we just walk back and back and back, and we absorb this feeling of loneliness. Listen to the words of Dr. Seuss himself. It says, the Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season, now please don't ask why, no one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right, it could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes, too small. You see, the problem that the Grinch had was not a Christmas issue, it was a heart issue. And our feelings of loneliness and rejection and feeling defeated are not a circumstance issue with what's going on around us in our life. It is a heart issue. And once we address our hearts, then we can come out of that place of loneliness. But if we wait for our circumstances to change, it's never gonna happen because they're not the issue. Our heart is the issue. And so here's the crazy thing about loneliness. We see here, the Grinch's heart was two sizes too small. Our heart starts to shrink up and the things that God is trying to say to us in his scripture and on Sunday mornings and in worship and from our friends, maybe our counselors, whoever that might be, we don't receive it because we've built a wall around our heart and we say, no, God, you're not let in. I'm gonna let my circumstances dictate how I feel and I'm gonna continue to withdraw and so we can't accept and believe and hear the truths that God is for us because our heart has shrunk away and we've built this wall around it to try and protect us more and more because of how hurt we've gotten. And all that creates is more and more loneliness and more and more isolation. And so here we are in the Christmas season, a time that's supposed to be a time of celebration and all we do is find ourselves withdrawn and lonely and we're asking ourselves, why God? This is hard, and look, I stand up here knowing full well that I would say more people have a hard time with Christmas than enjoy it. Because all it does is magnify how you're feeling on the inside versus what the world is saying on the outside. Christmas carols, tree lighting, gifts, and all those things. And it just, it just brings all those things to the surface. And so we withdraw more and more. And what happens is, as we do this, we start to live opposite the purpose that God has called us to. Think back, Jesus, he doesn't overcomplicate things with him. He breaks it down to two simple things why we're created, to love God and love other people. Our purpose is to be relational. 
Our purpose is to love one another, to walk alongside one another, to be a family. That's why we say that here at Beaches Chapel. We are a family. And when we feel lonely, we step away from that purpose of being relational and then that eats inside us because we're not doing what we're created to be. And I'm telling you right now, as senior pastor, lead pastor, our goal here is to be a relational church, not a congregational church, okay? Congregational churches come and they congregate and then they leave and they don't talk to each other, they don't see each other, they don't know each other. That is not what we're trying to do here. We are relational. We walk together. That's why we do things like movie nights out in the field and we have trunk or treats, where we're gonna be launching impact groups again in the spring. All those things so we can get together and not allow people to be lonely, but to sit across the table and say, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? And engage one another. So we don't allow one another to creep up onto a mountain and just look down at everybody else. We are called to be relational, not congregational. If you just wanna show up on Sunday mornings, by all means, go ahead. But we're gonna be moving and you might be left behind. And I'm just gonna say that right now. Church is more about Sunday mornings. It's about being relational and being a body. That's why Jesus called it that. Okay, I'm gonna get off my soapbox now. Here's the thing about feeling lonely that we need to also understand. It is a total and complete lie. It is a lie. And the devil will tell us it over and over. But here's what the Bible says about being lonely. And this is just two verses of several, okay? Isaiah 41 verse 10, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. What does he say? I am with you. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Never, never. And here's what I love about this. What, here, look, at the, look at the opposing views here. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be afraid or terrified. I am with you. Isn't it interesting what happens in our minds and in our hearts when we think that we're alone? The fear and the terror that comes in? That is not Jesus. That is not God. And what we are celebrating this entire month with Christmas, listen, what we are celebrating, it changes everything. Because what it changes is Jesus saying, you will never be alone. Why? Not because you come and search for me, but I came to you. I came to you. And so when you receive me, no, know this, you will never be alone. It doesn't matter if you mess up. It doesn't matter about all these things and trying to fulfill the law. I am with you. I will never. Listen, when God says never, it is never. He doesn't put a condition on it. And so when the devil tries to tell you or you try and tell yourself that, oh, I'm all alone, it's a lie. It is a lie. And the question is, will you believe it or not? Because look in scripture all you want. And that is complete opposite of what God says about you. Not just his words, but in his action. He sent Jesus, he had him leave heaven, the amazing wonders of heaven, and have him come down, be born in a manger for the sole purpose that we can say for the rest of our lives, I will never be alone. I will never be alone. Will you receive it? Will you believe it? I wanna look at someone that had the opportunity to feel 
alone. And I'm, I'm gonna try and be careful here. Maybe I won't, I don't know. It's too late, they already prayed me in. <laughs> no takes, he's back, he's done. <sighs> I'm getting so fed up with the narrative in the world about feelings, <laughs> dictating truth, okay? I am so tired of he- reading these posts and this is how I feel, so this is truth. Our feelings can be big, fat liars all the time. Do not tell me that your feelings are truth. Scripture is truth. That's why we have it. That is why we have the word of God, okay? Now, feelings aren't terrible either. Feelings are a great launching point to tell us how to pray. Feelings are a great way to say, let me see what scripture says about that but they are not truth. Truth is truth. If our feelings were truth, Jesus wouldn't have come. And so we can't sit there and say, well, I feel alone. Okay, pray about it. Look up scriptures that talk about being alone. And then you'll see the truth that says, no, you are not alone. But don't let your feelings tell you that because feelings are liars. Okay. When I went into like my mindset of this series, I'm like, it's going to be a real lighthearted series. It's December. I, it, it's not. Sorry, y'all. <clears throat> so we're going to look at someone that could have allowed his feelings to dictate loneliness, and he didn't. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at Joseph real quick. And the story of Joseph is like over 13 chapters in Genesis. We're going to look at five verses. Okay, that's it. We're not going to detail his story. We're just going to look at five quick in short verses. The first one is Genesis 39.1. It says this, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So what is happening here? Joseph's family has sold him into slavery. The words that we use now to describe what is going on in Joseph's life is called human trafficking. Seriously, that is what is happening here. It is in the Bible as well. Joseph is a product of human trafficking. And, he is not, and not only that, but he wasn't kidnapped. He wasn't yanked off the streets. His family sold him into it. And now he is a slave by himself in a country that he's never been to that speaks a language that he does not know. In a house that he's never been. In those moments, he could say, I feel so alone. And he had every right to. And it gets worse. Because at the end of chapter 39, Joseph gets accused of rape, gets thrown in jail. In the beginning of chapter 40, says this in verse 1, some time later. And I want to just consider those three words. As Joseph has been sold into slavery, alone, and now thrown in prison after doing nothing wrong. As a matter of fact, he did everything right. When he gets accused of rape, he has done everything right that God could ever ask of anyone to do. And the fruit of that is he's thrown in jail. And not just for a minute, not just an overnighter, but for some time later. He could have had all the, he had all the time in the world to sit there and say, God's forgotten me. My family clearly hates me. I have no purpose. I'm never getting out of here. I'm gonna die 
alone. Chapter 41, verse 1. Doesn't get better. Two full years later. So in chapter 40, there's some time later, and then he has this miracle where he, he um, just translates these dreams that these two guys have. They forget about him. Well, one dies, so he can't remember him. The other one goes back, and, and he forgets all about Joseph. And then it says two full years later. So now, let's review. Sold by his family. Slave in a foreign land. Knows nobody. Thrown into jail. Sometime later. Forgotten by someone in jail. Two full years later. Tell me, he didn't have the opportunity to feel alone all that time. And think about this. Think about two full years in a prison where you don't see the light of day. There's no sentencing that's, that where he can take the chalk and write the days on the wall and say, okay, only this many more. You know how when you, when you don't know how long something's going to last, it takes forever? Like when I'm preaching up here and y'all are like, how much long is it going to go? <laughs> And it just takes forever because we don't know how long. So when we see two full years, that might have been two years, but it probably felt more like 10 or 20. Days start bleeding together. What time is it? What month is it? He had no idea. All the time in the world to quit on God, to feel rejected, to feel defeated, where he could have just in his heart had it shrunk away and say, God, I'm done with you. And I'm gonna build this wall around my heart just like the Grinch, and I'm just gonna stay away. I'm gonna re remove myself from everything of the Lord because I quit, because I'm alone. So here's, what, here's why Joseph was able to survive all those conditions. If we go back to Genesis 39, this is what it's all about. Verse two, the Lord was with Joseph. Simple as that. The Lord was with him. He was not alone. He was not alone. And it says it again in verse 23. The Lord was with him. So he's sold into slavery and he goes into Potiphar's house, the Lord is with him. When he goes into prison, the Lord is with him. Our circumstances do not dictate God's presence in our life. When we turn our lives over to the Lord, he's in it. The question is, do we recognize it? Are we looking to him? Or do we take our circumstances, we build a wall around our heart and we distance ourselves from him? I'm telling you, he's there. He's there in it. We just have to lean on him and stop believing our feelings that say we're alone and believe the truth that says that he'll never, ever, ever, ever leave us or forsake us. And here's the thing, we start walking in that, we allow others in as well. And listen, look around this room. We got people that are around you. It's not your own walk to walk alone. It's all, all of ours. That's why we have the prayer text chain. That's why you know, we, we have these moments of prayer and, and just getting together. How are you doing? To know that we're not alone. But if we choose the path of the Grinch and just go up on the mountain and distance ourselves, we will feel alone. But it's not a circumstance issue. It is a heart issue. And my prayer today for those watching online, for those in here this morning, is that you would allow God in. That you would allow him back in. Because I believe he's, he's there and he's knocking. And he wants to know that you are not alone. 
And he wants you to know that your circumstances are not greater than he is. And that he's walking with you in everything, whatever it might be. Maybe even your family has been trying to say that. Your church family, your, your immediate family. It's a hard issue. Will you let him in? Let's stand this morning. We're going to enter back into worship. And you know what I love about that ending of the movie is the part where it says that he's looking down on Whoville and they're all gathered around holding hands, singing. And that's when he realizes, you know, that's when the light bulb goes off that this isn't about presence and all those things. It's about more than that. You know, Jesus didn't come with ribbons or tags. He didn't come with boxes or bags. Jesus came in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes to prove to us that we are never alone. And if that is you this morning, we're gonna pray for you that you would let God in because I believe he's got some things that he wants to restore in your heart, things he wants to tell you again. One of the best ways to be reminded is to worship. Worship brings us back into remembrance of who God is and who we are in him. And what we are not is alone. You're never alone. You're never alone. John 10 verse 10 says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. I love Jesus there. He doesn't call Satan, Satan or devil, devil. He calls him thief. That is the name that he has given him. He has given him the name thief because Satan is a thief and he wants to steal your purpose from you. He wants to steal your Christmas from you and say that you are all alone and that every problem that you face is yours alone and that no one can relate, that you've messed up too much, done too many things for God to ever forgive you or wanna have a relationship with you. He's a thief. Well, this morning as we get back into worship, we're gonna take it back. We're gonna take back what he's stolen from us. You are not alone. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are not a far off God, that you are in it with us, that you walk beside us in front of us, behind us. You go through everything with us, Father, and you will see us through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're with us, Lord. You never leave us. We're never alone in you. Father, I pray specifically this morning for those that have been battling loneliness, feeling defeated, feeling rejected, especially in this holiday season, Lord. God, I pray right now against that spirit of loneliness in Jesus' name, that you would break the power of that spirit of loneliness right now, Father, and you would come in like a flood, break every chain, Father, that would shrink away our hearts. We would build a wall that wouldn't let you in. In Jesus' name, I pray against that, Father, that anyone that's up on that mountain by themselves, looking down on everyone else, would come down and join the party that you have made all of us welcome to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for freedom this morning. Lift, Father, in Jesus' name, that spirit of loneliness. God, I just pray again that you would break the power of it over every person that's watching this, that's in this room. Break the power of it in Jesus' name. You are greater, Father. Thank you, Lord. Restore life. 
restore life to those that need it. Open up our hearts, Father, to what you would have us say. God, we love you. You are such a good God. And we worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen.